This episode may contain spoilers and covers topics that some may find graphic or triggering. Please use discretion when listening. Hey everyone, I'm Lex. And I'm Bree. And this is What the Fantasy, an otherworldly podcast. We are two 20-somethings living vicariously through our favorite fantasy characters, adventures, and romance tropes. In each episode, we will escape to other worlds by discussing our favorite fantasy books, shows, games, and movies. So sit back and let the adventure begin. Hey Lex. Hello. (laughs) What's been up? Other than spending the last, like, two hours <laughs> trying to get this this new mic system set up. Oh, nothing. <laughs> we're really the blind leading the blind here, folks. Yeah, we're, we're attempting to get better audio, and it's like the whole world is working against us. Every time we buy a new piece of equipment, it doesn't fit with an existing piece or the other new piece that we bought. So, bear with us here, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we got here, we made it, I've only been here three hours now so it's fine Um, (laughs) so I guess it's about time to start our episode but before we jump in what have you been reading or watching or into lately um I haven't been reading much fantasy other than um Crescent City which we'll be talking about today um I like to keep my fantasy to like one book at a time I can't be reading multiple fantasy books at a time yeah um, but I actually restarted Outlander with my roommate because she had never seen it before. So we are almost done with season two. Oh, um, right. It's one of my favorites. Okay, I actually, it's funny they bring that up. I haven't watched Outlander, but I saw a TikTok that they are creating a Throne of Glass series now. I saw that, yeah. And it is by the same, I think, the same same studio that did Outlander. Well, so. The Akatar show is supposedly also by that same studio, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I know whenever they first talked about the Akatar show coming out, I saw that it was from the same showrunners as Outlander, mm-hmm. so I was like, hell yeah, there's going to be some spice. Yeah, it better be good. I have very high hopes for the series, but I'm trying not to because the wings. The wings, I'm just afraid they're going to make them so wacky or do them wrong, and they're just going to look... So strange because it's so much CGI for of a TV show. Of all of the things that you could be worried about, you're worried about their wings. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> you won't even have to worry about that until at least season two. And knowing yeah, knowing the way the world works against me, it won't even get to season two. Yeah, my so. I just I have such a hard time picturing anything having to do with the wings. The <laughs> the learning to fly. How do they carry each other when they're flying? I just have a whole lot of thoughts and concerns about it, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You should <laughs> write a letter. I will. I will write the studio. Write the studio. Sure let let them know right. that that is what you are worried about. <laughs> um, and other than Outlander, I actually watched Prometheus for the first time. Oh, is that good? Yeah, I really I've liked it. it. Um, I didn't realize it was a prequel to like the rest of the Alien franchise until literally the last second yeah like i had no idea <laughs> yeah it's relatively new isn't it it came out like a few years ago i feel yeah, like i think it's like five years ago yeah um i have only seen one of the aliens because i'm a total chicken oh i love them me and my dad used to watch them together all the time i think the only one i saw was actually alien versus predator easily the worst one okay <laughs> but like it was the worst one like the worst one and the best one you know yeah yeah sometimes the worst is, is the funniest it's most entertaining to watch <laughs> 
Uh, I would be willing to um, compare that to the Superman vs. Batman or whatever oh God, the hell that was called. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's, a, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> so what's our book count at these days? We got it. We, oh, as we go through oh, yeah. our first, I don't even know if we're going to, we haven't talked about whether we're going to make this a seasonal podcast or what, but as we go throughout our first season, I guess, um, Everyone's we're going to keep second. the tally. We're going to keep the tally of Bree's book count. Most people have body counts. Bree has a book count. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that, but um, do you have a guess? What was that last time? It was, Is it, it was like... I think it was 80-something, so I'm going to guess now it's at 110. Wow, you really overestimated me. You think I read 30 books in the two weeks since I, I saw you last? Know. Maybe some of them are like picture books. <laughs> I was shocked that you've read 80 books this year already. Um, no. What's 20 more? I am at 97. Dang. Okay, I was not that far off. You were 13 <laughs> off. Yeah, but that's... That's not... like a whole week's worth of reading for me. Yeah, exactly. That's only a week's worth of reading. <laughs> <laughs> Anything recommendation worthy? Um, Actually, yeah. For any of our listeners who are... It, this actually is kind of fantasy. Um, who are interested in getting into the reverse harem um, lifestyle. I read a really good... Um, supernatural reverse harem called the Black Veil University series. Um, I think it starts, I think the first book is called like Night Awakens, Night with a K. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was really good. Kindle? Yeah, and Kindle. Kindle and everything I read is KU. Even though I've realized that I am not, like I'm losing money at this point because <laughs> I'm reading all these books on Kindle Unlimited. Okay, this is what I do. <laughs> okay. I listen to one, or I uh, read one book for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I read another book leisurely on my Kindle that I'm listening or that I read like right before I go to sleep mm-hmm. on my phone. Nice but then story. I have another book that I'm also listening to at the same time whenever I'm working out and um, oh, working. Like an so I have three books going at each time, but I don't have an Audible account. So like I'm paying seventeen or eighteen dollars a book. Just to listen? For books that are free on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's how my so, so-called body count is getting so high, because I read three books at a time. Jeez. But I'm, like, wasting money, because I'm spending, like, $18 a book to listen to it. Yeah. The I only time I've ever read three books at once was when we were reading Manacled, and mm. sometimes that book just got so heavy and long, I had to put it down, and I would pick up... Zodiac Academy instead. Oh, yeah, because that's not heavy. Well, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't with this series anymore because I was just, it was just such an emotional roller coaster. And so I picked up some other random, like, free Kindle Unlimited book and didn't finish it. Like Priest? (laughs) Yeah, that actually might have been it. Classic. Yeah. Hope your mom's not listening. Yeah, for real. Um, What have you been... Um, reading. Well, other than Crescent City, I started Crescent City 2 already. A little bit of a slow start, but I'm... Tomato, tomato, tomato. I'm really excited to see where it's headed because so far, it was kind of like a weird start to the book, but, um, now things are starting to ramp up a little bit, so... It definitely pulled, like, a, um, Harry Potter and... What is it? Order of the Phoenix? No. Yeah. Is it Order of the Phoenix? Is the book that starts in the... Yeah. The other minister? I think so. It's super slow at first. Well, not just that, but it, like, picks up completely out of the main character's... Um, POV. POV. Yeah, that sounds right. It might be that one. Um, 
So I've been reading Crescent City 2, Crescent City 1, obviously. But um, I also watched a couple of movies that have been on my list for so long. Um, Studio Ghibli movies, so Howl's Moving Castle, which is easily one of my new favorites. It was so good. And Christian Bale voices Howl, and I've never melted for a 2D man like that in my whole life. Um, Clearly you never... Did you ever watch the Goofy movie with Max? Because oh that my was gosh. the first man I that? ever melted. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yes. No, Max had, when he goes to college. I was such a Max simp. A hundred percent. Okay, I take it back. Max <laughs> is probably my first like cartoon crush. There we go. And him and Teenage Simba, but oh, like yeah. that's a standard for everyone. Doesn't even count. Um, so How Was Moving Castle? Amazing, amazing, amazing movie. And so was Princess Mononoke. Both of those are Studio Ghibli films, and we are going to be actually doing a Studio Ghibli film for uh, episode three, or episode four, sorry. Um, so the timing worked out really well with that, so. And what is that? Spirited Away. Woo! And I do want to point out that both those movies you just um, said you watched are on my list of movies we should cover for this podcast. Good. So. I will watch them again and again and again and again. They were so good beautiful yeah great studio great films i have several more um like kiki's delivery service and a few others on my list um from the same studio so all right um are we ready to jump into crescent city let's get it on (laughs) so for episode three of what the fantasy we are super excited to cover crescent city um house of earth and blood it's the first of the series by sarah j moss um, just wanted to preface the episode by saying um, you are definitely going to want to read this book before listening, which should probably go without saying. And we're just going to jump right into the plot. So uh, if you haven't read it, you'll be super confused. Um, also wanted to call out that there may be possible Akatar spoilers ahead. So if you haven't read A Court of Thorn and Roses yet by the same author, Sarah J. Moss, um, We'll try not to spoil anything, but also a great series, and one we we will cover soon. So um, we're just going to go ahead and jump right in then with um, some of our thoughts on her wonderful, wonderful world building. So actually, I think this is really good for us to be talking about this first, because one of the first things, well, this wasn't one of the first things, during my reread, because for those of you who don't know, Alexa has now read this book once, <laughs> and I've read this book like one point one three times because i dnf'd it the second <laughs> I time i dnf'd it the second time <laughs> it's fine whatever but during my reread i opened the book and i noticed that each of these sections um there are four sections in crescent city one they are the hollow the trench the canyon and the ravine and the chasm and the cap and the abyss and the pit dang <laughs> no 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 no. it's oh. just the hollow through the ravine oh what i'm getting at is those four plus the chasm plus the abyss plus the pit are the seven levels of hell that oh. she like of her world hell those are the seven levels of hell and she's naming all of this if i had to guess crescent city 2 the <gasps> section the remaining sections are probably the chasm the abyss and the pit Oh my so God, she's naming right. all the different sections after the seven layers of the hell world that she built. Damn, I bet that's a really good observation. And we could check on it, but Crescent City 2 <laughs> is currently holding up our microphone, so we're not. We're just going to take... <laughs> you'll have to tune back in because we're going to cover Crescent City 2 in episode 5. <laughs> yeah. So, so you'll have to tune back in for that. 
Yeah, I realized that because I was like, what the hell do a hollow trench canyon and a ravine have to do with this book? So I just looked it up. Yeah, I almost forgot that there were different sections like that until you just brought it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was my first thought. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, as usual, she just is so amazing at world building and she infuses so many amazing um, like pieces of classic folklore and mythology into um, her characters and her worlds and some of the cool things that I picked up on um, and some things that I actually stumbled upon after were um, a lot of those little hints to modern folklore like um, the knock which is the like the freaky little mermaid thing that um, stays in the uh, Griffin Antiques like aquarium and is super aggressive um there's something similar in um a court of silver flames that uh has the mask that nesta has to retrieve um so she does a really good job of staying true to like the nasty nature of mermaids and folklore i think that's super interesting it carries through all of the sarah j moss universes um and it even like it's something we see in other ones too. which is interesting though because you know you have um what is his name the Oh, um, yeah, Therion. Therion, who's, like, a merman, isn't Mm -hmm. he? Yeah. So it's just, like, interesting how she's taking, like, these lesser creatures and making them, like, so vicious, but then making, like, the mermaids. The actual mer... Hot. Mer people, yeah. (laughs) Always hot. With stripes, apparently? Yeah. Have you ever seen... Like, is that described in the book? I saw fan art of him. Yeah, he looks like a tiger in all his fan arts I see. And I'm just like, I don't remember that in the book. I think it's supposed to maybe represent, like, his gills or something. That makes so much more sense than him being a tiger. You're so right. <laughs> there is a chance that the, that he ha- they describe him like that though. I don't remember, but yeah, I think she does a great job of doing stuff like that. Um, the knock is like a creepy water creature that is in Scandinavian folklore, and in the Witcher series, there's a version of it called the Necker um, that's vi- described very similarly. And the Witcher is written by a Scandinavian author. So, um, I believe he's Scandinavian, actually. I don't know that for sure. Um, but I just think it's cool, and I think that it also supports the theory that so many people have that the SJM universes are tied together in some way, Mm -hmm. because they all share this commonality of, like, creatures like the Nock. Um, yeah, I I have kind of a theory about that. Let's hear it. So... uh... As we know, the Midgard, which is where all of this takes place, Midgard is the planet in which Pangira and Valbara are located on. Mm-hmm. Um, Pangira and Valbara are two of the ten territories that make up Midgard, the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but hell in this series isn't like, you know, like we think of hell. It's not like a different plane or different realm. Hell is its own planet. So, oh, I don't think I understood that it was another planet. Yeah, hell is like another planet. Another, I thought it was like a parallel universe. No, almost. it's just like shit. Unless I'm mistaken, oh, but I'm pretty no, sure it's no, like no. another I planet. I so part of right. me wonders if like whatever's happening in like Throne of Glass, whatever's happening in Akatar is just on its own other planet. I think that very much could be true because I've even seen some theories that the worlds are linked because at the end of this book, Bryce obviously gets the gift of starlight. And we have the whole, I'm sure you, you have, like, a note on that somewhere that <laughs> you're smirking. I don't want a note on that. It's just I know what happens at the end of Crescent City 2, so, like... Oh! Okay, well, maybe that's a potential spoiler, but I don't know what happens at the end of Crescent City 2, but I do know that there's a theory that they're connected because 
of Starfall in a court of Mist and Fury, mm-hmm. and I, fe- I think that there's, like, a part where Farah or Reese set- even says something about, like, a particular star or something along those lines, so... I think you're thinking of a lot of people who have read Throne of Glass in Akatar. Mm. There's, like, a scene in Throne of Glass where people think that, like, the main character is, like, falling Passing through. through. Oh, that's possible. And, like, that's what they see on yeah. Starlight. It's hard having read Akatar, but, not, but not, not, not every single one of her other series. Yeah. Because they there, are so connected. There's call-outs to each one. Yeah. It's hard to avoid spoilers, too, but somehow I managed it with Crescent City. Yeah, that's honestly wild. I don't know how you're on TikTok as much as you are without <laughs> having a spoiler. Don't expose my TikTok addiction like, addiction like that. <laughs> I, I was going to say that I wake up with, like, at least six TikToks from you, but I'm pretty sure that for the last week, it's, it's been the other way around. Like, I just, <laughs> probably. It's, like, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm just, like, sending her so Some of the so theories many. are so good. We're, we already discussed we're going to have to do a bonus episode on theories. Right, because there are some... For specifically for SJM books, because yeah. they're so good. I mean, there are some yeah. out-of-pocket theories floating yeah, around. Yeah, for sure. Floating around Reddit. Yeah. Um, some of the other things that I like that she brings in are, like, real history. Like, um, I was curious what the uh, Triari, or Triari, I don't mm-hmm. know how to pronounce it. Neither do I. What it was, and if it was, like, an actual word. Um, and it is. It was actually part of... The, like, Roman phalanx, like, fighting um, strategy, you know, where they all, like, grouped together. Like and the had legions their, of Yeah, ours. like, where they had the um, shields and their, their spears would poke through the shields. But the Triari mm-hmm. were, like, the three who led that, mm-hmm. which makes sense because in the book, the Triari are, like, the three um, top fighters or, t- or top commanders or something like that um, for the archangels, archangels. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, and because, um, like, the Romans, I forget what type of, like, what the name for their battle strategies was, but they, like, instead of, like, calling, like, a squadron or, like, a platoon, they called them legion, like, legions, just like they, like, the 33rd legion and the 18th legion in this series are. Yeah. So she definitely borrowed that. Yeah, and I wonder if that has any, like, maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing as to what happens to the archangels because a two brute yeah a two brute i mean we know that the archangels report to the asteri is that how you say it asteri yeah so. this is always such an adventure trying to figure out how to pronounce everything out she loud. always looks at me as if i would know i don't because she corrected me for when i when i was a a wee young lass who had just picked up her first sarah j mass book and was pronouncing it rising and <laughs> I will so die. I just looked to her that. to correct me to all of her names because they're all wacky. So You're saying for, as if we didn't grow up with the same public school education. True. <laughs> we went to these same schools. Yeah, but obviously you read more books than me, Miss Hunt. 97 book body count. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> um, so. The Nadaros, the small mountain town that Bryce is from, is actually a real town. Um, it is the medieval name for the real-life town Trond- Trondheim um, in oh. central Norway. Which oh. makes me More wonder, Scandinavian lore. like, is Midgard supposed to be, like, Earth? Possibly. Because, That's I mean, out of SJM's books, it's, like, the most... Human. Human. Like, it's the closest to the reality that we live in here. Which I have a few points if you want me to get into Let's that. do it. Yeah, jump in. I love the fact that there are, like, guns. Yes, it's more modern. It's there's so phones, modern. There's cars. There's guns. Yeah. 
Um, and my, actually one of my favorite, favorite pieces of world building she did was on page 74. Let me just get out my little handy dandy book. There's just one lot, or one little passage. It's the halo, they called it. A mockery of the divine auras early humans had once portrayed angels as possessing. So I never put that together. But like, so clearly like the er, quote unquote early humans... Like, have the same beliefs that, you know, modern-day humans have with, like, the angel with the halos. Yeah. So, like, that... There's a lot of um, mystery, obviously, like, because we know that the Asteri erased, basically, human history before Mm -hmm. they came, came, you know, to be, or whatever, came into power. So, there's a lot of mystery, and I don't know how much of this is covered in CC2, but around the the way that the angels and the fae were introduced into the human world that I'm super interested in. Which is, in. it's so different than how her other yeah. series are set up. Because, like, clearly to me, this is reading as Midgard was more of, like, an earth mm-hmm. with all the humans, with our current belief systems, and the Asteri just came through the um, Northern Ridge. And, and we're just, like, this is how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's really interesting, and I definitely think that um, she has big plans for the later books where mm-hmm. she's going to unearth that. Um, and I actually think that Jessiba, do you say Jessiba or Jessiba? Jessiba. Okay, because I thought I, I wanted Jessiba to be the correct way to say it, so I'm going with it. Um, she knows so much. Obviously, she has this huge collection of this library that's not even supposed to exist anymore, so I'm really curious to see what role she plays. And this is probably, like, jumping ahead a little bit too much because I know we have a separate, like, section for talking about the characters themselves. But she also, like, knows Adis. Um, because at the very end of the book, the cat, like, comes up to her and they talk for a second. Um, but I'm not going to go too much into that because of CC2, so. Yeah, I'm, like, having... I'm sitting here having a hard time remembering Separating what all I can them. say. Because yeah. I can't remember. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm not going to say, I'm going to say a lot because I like to talk a lot. That's just a part of who I am as a person, but yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. so scared I'm going to say over, something because yeah, I've read half of CC2. I'm just like scared yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to say something that's wrong. Yeah. I think um, there's also some great parallels. Like um, at one point they refer to um, Rune, by the way, I'm like slowly becoming more of a a Rune fan in CC2 because he really didn't have me hooked in CC1 okay. the way Hunt did. You read chapter 3 of CC2 and you became a Rune girl. Okay. Like every well, other... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe there's some truth in that. I'm not, I'm not going to confirm or deny if chapter 3 of CC2 had any influence on my POV. I'll tell you right now, it sure did mine. <laughs> um, so if that doesn't get you picking up the second book, that, I don't know what will. But um, Rune and his sword, there's like a conversation, I believe it's between him and the Autumn King, um, and they uh, they talk about how light calls to like, which we know is a phrase that is repeated over and over and over in Akatar. I don't know if it comes up at all in um, Throne of Glass, but that's what they say about Nesta and her mask and Nesta and the cauldron, light calls to like, light calls to like. So I think that there's something super interesting there, and it almost makes me wonder if um, those characters are actually going to meet, like if Nesta's going to meet Bryce in some, like, 
new series by Sarah J. Moss in the future or something. But I thought that was a really interesting niche parallel. You can't say anything. (laughs) You can't say anything. Another parallel that I think that I saw was on 709, and I can't remember. I didn't get a chance to go back through my ACOTAR books, and I also didn't annotate them, so I probably wouldn't have been able to find it anyways. But on page 709, after she kills Micah, um, it, like, describes her. Um, It says, like, she's staring at the fire, or she's, she's staring at the fire, and then she stares at the camera. And it describes her as vengeance incarnate, wrath's oh. bruised heart. She would bow for no one. That is Nesta. That is Nesta. I'm pretty sure they use that phrase to describe Nesta. That's why I bookmarked it. SJM, just press control C, control V. Yeah, she got me pasted. Her own character. But I loved that scene. Like, that scene was super powerful to me. But also, like, instantly I was like, I'm pretty sure that's in A Court of Silver Flames. But maybe, maybe not. Speaking of powerful scenes, I think I I told myself I wasn't gonna bring this up because it's still too early. For, it's still too soon. Just bring it up. What is it? Lahaba. Le- oh, Le- I know. I'm not kidding oh my God. you. Her death was. I so was sitting in my bed sobbing. To the point where my roommate, whose room is above mine, <laughs> texted check on you. She just texted me and said, "Hey, are you okay?" Oh my god! I'm like, no, no actually, I'm not. Oh my Thank god. you for asking. That's why um, I wait until like Colin falls asleep, and I will stay up like super late and read the end of a book because I know that I'll probably cry at the end of the book, and I don't want to be checked on, and I don't want to be judged. Not that he judges me for crying, but he'd be like. Uh, is there anything I can do? <laughs> I just don't want to be bothered by it. But yeah, her death that was, was the most so tragic. I miss her little like quips and her cute little. Like, what was the quote that she kept repeating? I ha- for I have my friends and they are with me. Yeah, that sent. Oh my me. god! Absolutely. Just, just hearing it again gives me chills. That was just hold on. I'm so tragic. It. The it's poor be, girl. Like, right before seven oh nine. But she was such an amazing hero, and I, I just, it broke my heart that she never got the freedom that she deserved, and I can't, I can never decide whether I like Jessica or not, because she seems to have Bryce's interest, best interests at heart most of the time, um, I think, I, and I, sometimes I can't tell if that's shrouded in, you know, her own best interests, her personal best interests, but she really treated Lahaba like shit. Bum my friends out. are with me, and I'm not afraid. Oh, tattoo that on my heart. Oh my god. Yeah, because you need another tattoo. <laughs> okay, listen. I don't need your judgment here. No, I love this your tattoos. This is a judgment free zone. I love your tattoos. I'm trying to convince her to get an Akatar one. There's not much convincing. I'm going to get one. I just have to. Just a matter of when. Just a matter of when. <laughs> Maybe that's the tattoo I'll get at your wedding. I'll get an Akatar one. Bree's oh, get, one day when Bree gets married, she's going to have a tattoo artist at her wedding. And I'm finally going to get a tattoo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um,. I want to talk about uh, Jessica, or do you want to wait until we talk about characters? Let's let's jump in. Yeah. Let's talk Did you about, have I mean, anything else you wanted to now. talk to, about um, regarding world building? I think that I got. I think that pretty much covered it. I have one more thing, but I don't. It, I guess it's kind of world building. I just wanted to. It's more of a parallel, actually. Um, I wanted to draw attention to how the veneer crawled through the northern rift um Mm. kind of in the same way that amran did into i don't even know 
I forget the name of the, like, the universe yeah. that they call... Ac- uh, the Akatar world? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was an interesting it's such, little... Yeah, it's always saying she's not of that world. Yeah. Um, I am... It's, it's stuff like that that makes me really excited, not only for us to record our conspiracy and Woo-hoo. theory um, episode, but to just kind of see where... Yeah. SJM takes all of this. Yeah, for real. I mean, not that she's going to I mean, granted, we have these so forever, long but. to go. We have so long to go, but... Because have... Crescent City 3 is coming out before new Akatar. You know that, right? I did not know that. Yeah, she's releasing Crescent City. Do we have City a date 3. for it? No, but we have a date for the Akatar, so it's Yeah, July 2020... Or June 2023? Hopefully it comes out before my birthday. I need that birthday present. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the characters. Um, we can start with Jessica because we've already met- mentioned her a couple of times. Yeah, um... What is the difference between a sorceress and a witch? And why is Jessica considered a sorceress and not a witch? Is it because she's in the House of Flame and Shadow? Yeah, I Or think does she have different powers than a normal witch? My guess, because I had the same question, my guess is that in order to be a, considered a witch, you have to be a part of, like, what we would consider a coven. Yeah. So, like, like Hypaxia's, like, mm-hmm. you know... I wonder witches if the witches, are... like, draw their power from nature. Because I know that's mm-hmm. a common... Is that how it is in this world, too? Because I know that's I very so. common. That sounds right. I don't really picture Jezebel going out into the trees to call on her power. No, ever, she does not. So. She doesn't really seem like the kind of person who likes to touch grass. <laughs> that's why she, <laughs> she's you know, hails to the bone, in the bone quarter. Um, yeah, she's just a uh, very interesting character. She's really hard for me to figure out. Um, sometimes I'm like dang, she's a bitch, and other times I'm like, oh, she's really got Bryce's back here. She is a ride-or-die for Bryce. Yeah. Like she, the way she treats her sometimes is, like, kind of, but, like, I think it's just she to put her in her shown, place and be like, remember who's the boss Right, here. she has shown time and time again, and some of it might be in CC2, I can't remember, but, like, she has shown time and time again that she has Bryce's back no matter what. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end of, um... At the end of half I would of, like to talk that I'm only halfway through CC2, so if, like, Jezba turns, like, is a red coat and completely betrays <laughs> Bryce at the end of that, don't judge me, I haven't gotten there. Yeah. Don't be mean to me. Yeah, and I'm only on, like, page 200, so I don't know, I don't know much of what's going on yet. Um, yeah, but I was so curious, um, because I really felt that way until the end of this book where it, it talks about her and Ada sitting on the bench together, and I was I wonder what that means for CC2. Like, does that mean Jessica is working with one of the princes of hell in a good way or a bad way? Um, what are Adis's intentions and where where does his loyalty lie? Because he clearly has a soft spot for Bryce. And Did you know that people ship them? People I ship figured, Bryce and Adis? I figured, and I do not. But <laughs> I... As soon as it was, like, he's, like, dead handsome or whatever in the book, I was, like, okay, there's gonna be some... If you think about it, it's kind of a parallel to how whenever Feyre first saw Reese, <laughs> Like, he's, like, this, like, cold, terrifying, beautiful figure in the same way. I don't know. Gives you something Hunt to about. Hunt is technically an angel, but, um... Oh! Yeah, like... An angel and a devil! Yeah! I never it's, thought it's about the, that. The juxtaposition... Maybe Hunt will do something really terrible. I mean, he already did kind of, like, shit on her big time with the whole synth thing, but, um, but I definitely do not ship Adis and, uh, Bryce. At least not yet. Maybe something will happen within the next, like, couple of books or something, but, 
um, I do think that the whole angel devil thing is um, an interesting way to view their relationships. Who knows? In like a few years, we could listen back to this and laugh at ourselves. <laughs> you feel as stupid as I felt whenever I texted my manager after, like, while reading Akatar, being like, I loved Hamlin so much. <laughs> oh, God. There's even a part in this in um, Crescent City where uh, they make kind of a jab at Tamlin. I'm trying to remember what page it was on. Um, but at one point, uh, she's like, he's just like every other... Oh, well, let me alpha find... Alpha hole? The, yeah, the alpha hole comment. It says, at least he's not some psycho, psychotic alpha hole who will demand three-day sex marathon and then call me his mate, lock me in his house, and never let me out again. It's like an obvious jab at tampon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is good. Um, Speaking of, I guess, speaking of Jessica and Adis's conversation in the epilogue, Mm -hmm. I need to know who Hunt's dad is. (laughs) I'm hashtag curious. I I actually had not thought of that, but now I really want to know. Hunt is so filled with mystery to me, so, like, I... Obviously, I don't think I'll ever love any book boyfriend the same way I loved Reese, but... Or Cassian or Azrael. Oh, my God. Any of the bad boys. But, um... I guess he's kind of an honorary bad boy because he has wings, but, um... (laughs) He... I don't understand his, like, blind following Shahar because... Like, that whole relationship, every time I learn something new about her, I dislike her even more. And it just seems like... I've got three words for you regarding her. Okay. Gaslight, gatekeep, girl Girl boss. Girl (laughs) boss. She's literally the definition of that. Yeah. She is, like, so manipulative to him. She would be selling so much Rodan and Fields. Mm, She'd be an MLM queen. Yes. Yeah, she'd be selling It Works, Beauty Counter, all of it. Mary Kay. Um... Yeah, I don't understand his, like, blind faith in her, and I don't know how much that plays into his decision to betray Bryce with the whole synth thing, but, or if he's just, like, he's only using that as a chance to, like, truly gain um, an edge against the Asteri, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up his blind faith in her, because, you know, from all the chapters that are in his perspective, it's very clear, you know, that he, he does you know, care for and love Bryce, but he would never, like, follow her blindly. Like, he questions yeah. every single thing that she does. Right. And so, so it's just point. interesting, like, I mean, I don't know, it's been, what, 200 years? No, more than that. It's been a, it's yeah. been a long time since, and so I wonder if, like, all of the, his punishments actually did change him, mm-hmm. or... Yeah, maybe he's just older and wiser, I don't know, but one thing that I found in my research after finishing the book is, in this... This also, like, I believe this because of all we're finding out about Danica after Danica's death. I feel like this could um, be a little bit of parallelism in their characters. Shahar actually is a reference to Satan. Like, it's a nickname for Satan. And they called her the Daystar as, like, her nickname. Like, yeah, like, Lucifer Morningstar, like, Satan. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, not that her sister had any, I forget her sister's name, um... I just said it before we started yeah, recording. I, I don't know if she has any had any good intentions before Hunt killed her, but um, I definitely think that we're going to learn more about Shahar's uh, like underlying motives as we continue through the series because I don't think she was a good person, and I think that a lot of people believed she was when she very much was not. 
But maybe the Satan reference is also like a reference to her being a fallen angel herself. I don't know. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Who knows? Another character, because we, we just touched on her, I go back and forth about my thoughts and feelings on Danica a lot. I think that Bryce and Danica's codependency is frightening. I know. When, I think it was Hunt, or it was somebody in the, um, in the first book where they were like, did you guys have like a relationship relationship? It seemed like And I was kind of like, I mean, I'm not surprised they're asking that question. They are like weirdly obsessed with each other. Like, I've had best friends, many different best friends my whole life, and I've never been that attached to them. I mean, I wouldn't even say you're that attached to corn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, Corny, but I'm not gonna like obsess over you that way. I mean, they literally like the way that they would hang up the phone together and stuff. It was just bizarre to me their relationship. Um, I hate the lighted up phrase. I think it's so stupid, and I hate it. <sighs> me too. I mean, I like how they used it like at the end whenever she got all of her little glow light. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah. And they're like, light it up. But, like, at the beginning when they were just like, light it up, light bitch. It up. Yeah. I was like, oh I was like gosh, shut cheesy up. Cheesy sorority girls. I hate this. But I, I, I had to get used to, as much as I loved the world building for this one, I did have to get used to it a bit that they are kind of like sorority girl kind of like vibes. I don't know. Because it's so modern and they talk about things like going to a university and stuff together. Um, and maybe it's, I'm also biased because like every time I see somebody reading on this book, reading this book on TikTok, they're like 18 or 19 years old and Farah was 19 in Akatar and she was, seemed to be like much more mature in some ways, but I don't know. I had to kind of get over the fact that they seem like little sorority girls. One thing that kept going through my mind the first time I was reading this book was why does everyone hate Bryce so much? Like what did she do that was so bad that all of these people absolutely hate her and uh, then I realized that it was because of all those text messages yeah that took me a I was like too. I mean I kind of get it like that it shouldn't be held against her but like I could understand where like from at least like Ethan's perspective like that is so hurtful yeah and like I, I, I got where he was coming from yeah. but the whole time I was like what it's like why are they blaming her yeah and for I, these deaths I know I felt I, I was perplexed by that for the longest time trying to be like okay so what like why is it her fault and then i like how could she have protected a pack of werewolves yeah like Like, what what she she have done they literally emphasize how normal she is all the time and obviously these wolves like met their end to some like terrifying being that she would have said no chance against um but i i i mean i get it after i saw the text which kind of leads me into my the next person that i am like, really interested in learning more about, and that's Fury. I, first of all, I think that was really shitty of her to, like, ghost Bryce for all the time. I think it was very selfish of her, especially because she was still seeing Juniper. And, um, she just kind of, like, disappeared off the face of the planet. I know she felt her own guilt and had her own secrets and stuff that she was keeping for Danica, but I still think that that was a really bad friend move and I still don't know how I feel about her she's so I feel like SJM just wrote Amron into the series yeah yeah I guess I could see that they they're pretty similar Fury's like just as cold as her she's not as like outright mean but she is like a cold-blooded like killer in the same way Amron is Mm -hmm. which 
makes sense, I guess, but Which I still don't see how they have a, makes, any friendship at well, all. Well, another parallel between them two is nobody really knows what they are. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are always saying like Fury and whatever she does or whoever she is, wherever she comes from. Like it's just interesting that they make a point to point out that nobody knows what she is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting, and like they she's do it the over and only over. character who we don't know exactly which order she like. Like, we don't even know what house she belongs to. Yeah, or if she's... I mean, do we know if she's fae or human no, or what? No, you don't... She's not human, but she, she's a veneer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but she is a veneer, but just nobody knows what order or what house she belongs That's to. That's so interesting. And they, like, make it a point to point that out. I feel like we could times. probably eventually get a book on Fury. Or, like, one that kind of opens... I could see maybe, like, a little novella. Yeah. Yeah. About, like, her. Because SJM did a really good job of, like, shifting POVs and, like, giving, um, like, behind the, behind the curtain um, perspectives on how each other character is feeling in Akatar. Well, and also, like, at the, it, it, this is in part one, um, it's talked about how multiple people had hired Fury to kill Hunt. Yeah. So, like, clearly people think that she has the ability to kill Hunt, who is, like, the... The Umbra Mortis. Umbra Mortis. Yeah. It's like, what is she that she would have had the ability to do that? Yeah. She, maybe she, like, is some form of something that came from a, a different planet, too. I mean, we know the Asteri came from another planet. Maybe she's something along the same lines. Or, this would be quite a plot... Well, I'm not going to say it because of CC2... She could be a species that we haven't encountered yet in the Crescent City that is, like, super powerful. That's what I wrote in my book. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She could be something, like, a super powerful species, maybe one that no longer exists or um, they think no longer exists, and that's why nobody really knows what she is. Um, or maybe there's something about her, uh, who she is in that library that mm. Jessica has, which yeah. I don't know where that went. I want to know what happened to all those books. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think some, those are probably some of the character highlights. Um, I kind of thought for a second, Jessiba, just jumping back to Jessiba, because I meant to say this earlier, was she, like, when I was still trying to figure out her motives, I honestly thought that she might be, like, in cahoots with Sabine. Mm. And they put off the same vibes, kind of. They kind of do. And I thought that maybe... Um, Jessica was hiding Sabine's sword and give just like Sabine Sabine knew it but she was just using it as a reason to hate Bryce even more for mm-hmm. Danica's death. I I don't get why Sabine is so nasty. Like why is she so terrible? Clearly you just don't read a lot of werewolf she's, lore yeah, as I would like she's to just call cranky. it. Like I do <laughs> on my Kindle Unlimited. Oh my god, you're so cultured and you're werewolf lovers. <laughs> I try my best. Are um, they all just grumpy? I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I know that you also did some research like this, but I went through and found um a lot of names that SJM has kind of brought in a lot of different mythological elements to a lot of the names of people and places in her, in this series particular, so mm-hmm. I would like to go through a few of those, uh, yeah, if you don't do mind. Yeah. I did want to preface this by saying that I got a lot of this information from a lovely lady on TikTok. 
Um, and her at is of paths and pages. So if you are interested in anything I'm about to say, you should go give her a few views because I was really interested. And I did want to also um, point out that apparently um, Sarah J. Moss studied religious studies in oh, school. Oh, well, that makes a lot so, um, she also, it's known that she also makes a lot of connections to Judaism in her work, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be talking mostly about um, her connections that she uses with Greek mythology, because that's something I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, so one of the cooler ones that I found was the goddess, um, I don't really know how to say her name, Cthona? Oh, Cthona, yeah. Cthona? That's how I was saying it. Donna. I think it's really cool. So she's the goddess of the House of Earth, Okay. And but Cthona is actually the Greek word for soil. Oh, nice. Which I think it's really cool. cool. Yeah. And um, another quick one is the Istros, um, the river in mm-hmm. Crescent City. There is a Greek god named Ister, and he was a river god. Cool. Yeah, so it's just cool things like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the biggest one that made me even look into the Greek mythology links is Hunt, because, you know, Orion. Hunt's name is Orion A. Um, Athelar. Yeah. And not only does Orion mean hunter in Greek, mm-hmm. but um, Orion was also, or he was a hunter in Greek mythology. Yeah. Um, and so not only is it Hunt's name, but he is also a hunter. He hunts, de- like, his main job is hunting demons. Yeah, hunting So it's kind of like a dual purpose people. name. Um, let me see. What... I have more notes here. Yeah, I decipher my handwriting. I think the only one that I had haven't mentioned already was um, lahava. That means flame. Um, I think it's a biblical term, but oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, makes sense. You see the little fire spray. Oh, this was really cool. So, of paths and pages has a the- has this really cool theory um, involving the constellation of Orion. So, if you pull hmm. up a picture of the constellation of Orion. Um, yeah, pull it up, please. I would like okay. you to see Sorry it. Sorry if you can hear my keyboard clicking. Click, click, click. Um, let's get this pulled up. If you okay. look right here, that little boot at the very bottom, mm-hmm. one of, I don't know which, if it's the left or the right leg, it's one of the legs. Um, so that, the shape of that constellation on one of his legs is actually smashing a smaller star. Would you like to guess oh. the name of the star in which it is smashing? Oh, Micah. It is Rigel. <laughs> oh, yeah. As in Rigelis. Um, and the so the PR guy for the, P- the yeah the PR, <laughs> the PR guy, guy for the Asteri. Um, and one last really cool thing about this theory is Rigel is actually the seventh brightest star in the sky to represent the seventh Asteri. That is an Easter egg if I've ever heard. Yeah, of I thought that was Good incredible. I mean, cool. I can't take any that has of the. Yeah, I can't take the credit for that. That is again of paths and pages on oh, TikTok. Okay. Cool. But I just thought that was really interesting, and I knew I needed to share. Yeah, that's super cool. I never would have assumed anything like that, but I think that we'll probably see see that that's foreshadowing one of her future books. Super cool. Um. So some of the content, we haven't really talked a ton about content. We talked about characters, talked about lore. Um, but there were some pieces of content that uh, we I think that we would be remiss to glaze over, such as the spicy scenes, like the tension between Hunt and Bryce. And <laughs> there was one scene, I, my note for this was literally, What? 
It was just the, what in all caps with a question mark and an exclamation point. And it's the scene where, like, they're kind of starting to, like, things are starting to heat up between them. It's, like, halfway through the book in, like, 371. And he, it's from Hunt's POV. And he's talking about how her toes were tainted, painted a deep ruby. <laughs> and he's talking about how ridiculous the thought of him imagining tasting, <laughs> can't even say it, <laughs> tasting each and every one of those toes before slowly making up her sleek bare legs. I was like, <laughs> I you do got not recall that thing. Yeah, I was like, does Hunt have a foot has a foot fetish? <laughs> Honestly, oh that God. explains so much. Like, oh it makes sense. I was dying when I read that scene, and I was like, I gotta make a note of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you did, because I yeah. did not remember that. The kitchen scene, the kitchen scene was Can you refresh my mind? I don't remember any of these spicy scenes, because in my mind, they don't even touch the whole book. I know, I know. That was one thing that I was not expecting. I'm not, a, I'm not a slow burner. I hate slow burns. I like a slow burn, but I like a slow burn throughout a book. Like Not a, a quarter yeah, a quarter of Miss and Fury was one big thick book of slow burn. I could do that. But this is like painstaking. I'm like, come on, because obviously they don't hook up in the book except for the one kiss he gives her while he's betraying her, getting the venom out of her leg on the tattoo parlor table. But the kitchen scene, back to the kitchen scene, it's when he's like making eggs or something like that and she comes out of her room. And she just, like, notices how hot he is. And he, she's like, oh, no, he can smell, like, arousal. And he's like, <laughs> he's like how you get whenever you walk about? out of your room and see Colin making one of your six meals a day that he of feeds course. you? <laughs> of course. And he's just like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, definitely not you. No, I I, I do that love that trope. So fun. So, I do, like, teasy. <laughs> I love that trope because, you know, in my cultured brain, all my werewolf lore, <laughs> they can also scent it in all my yeah. werewolf books. So I, I, I do love that. Track. As can like Faye and stuff. I love that like heightened senses and how they play into this because a lot of times like it's like their stillness or their speed or their hearing, but even like stuff like that, it comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a really good teasy scene between the two of them. Good tension scene there. Um, but the the kissing scene in the tattoo parlor that had me going like. After we find out Hunt betrays her and, like, stole the antidote, right? Is that what happens? I think he steals the antidote uh, at one point. I was like, really? That whole scene, scene like, loses its meaning. Like, him kissing her and being there, and he's like, we're going to be... I think he says, like, we'll be okay, sweetheart, or something. And then that, like, kind of ruined it. I know, and it kind of ruined it because he ended up betraying her, like, not that long after. Maybe he took some notes from Shahir. Yeah. And she really forgave him way too easily. I would have made that man suffer. walk through fire. Suffer. Yeah. Where she was just, like, sitting on her couch one day and was like, never mind. You know what? <laughs> never mind. I'm going to I'm going to go offer myself, like, as payment for him. Yeah. Because that's... Nice. That's how much I'm worth. Yeah. I was like, you really thought that that was your smart idea? Was that you were going to go offer yourself up? Like, you're just embarrassing yourself, sweetheart. Yeah. No, don't. I mean, that was just so stupid of her, and it was just a frustrating scene all around. I was like, come on. There's got to be some way to, like, make them forgive each other that's, like, a little bit more... Climactic. Sensical. Yeah, and climactic. (laughs) I wanted them to have it out, and I wanted... 
make. I wanted to hunt. I love when a man grovels. Oh yeah, me too. It's one of my. You know that trend going around on TikTok where it's like, if you could have five, like, what are five things that would make the Mm -hmm. best book for you? Yeah, a man groveling is one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Like like Reese, he has to like beg for Ferris forgiveness. As it should be. As it should be, especially if you're gonna like straight up lie to her and tell her that you're on her team and then go friggin' buy synth so that you can make a powerful human army when you know that that synth very well could destroy the people that are consuming. just made me so mad. Anyways. Um, those are my thoughts on, um, on the two of them, and I'm interested to see how their relationship develops in book two. Or maybe it doesn't develop. Maybe there's other love interests that come in. We'll see. Um, and I'm very interested in if this is this will be a good teaser for listeners to start book two. I'm interested to see more from Rune's POV and more. I think I mean where I'm at. He and Hypaxia have like not spoken yet, but he has mentioned her, which is like weird because they had such good chemistry in the first book. Yeah, so I'm like really eager to see what happens oh my. there. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. I, I'm not anything. gonna say anything. Don't expose it. Um, <laughs> I. Oh, just kidding. This is the second book. Ignore what I was just about to say. Um, (laughs) I do have one final question for us regarding this. Why is this book a house of earth and blood when both of the main characters are in sky and breath? Like, why? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Is it because a lot of this does revolve around Danica and Danica was in? And maybe it... There's no meaning to it at all. Maybe it's just, like, alphabetical order that she's... I don't know. I'm Maybe. just interested in why would you name your first book in the series Earth and Blood and neither of the main characters are in that house, and they're both in the same house. Yeah. Maybe it's a, like, Easter egg that we'll find out as we progress through the series, like, once she releases book three and so on. Maybe. Maybe we'll understand a little bit more about the houses, and it'll make us look at this book with fresh eyes. Maybe. I just... Wanted to throw that out into the world. So no, that's people a good, were also thinking that's about That's a good it. final thought. I think it's something we can meditate on as we continue through the series. So let's, let's let it marinate. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we will see you guys next time on What the Fantasy. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review us on whatever platform you're listening on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Google and I think one other. <laughs> Emphasis on if you like us, because I can't handle a bad review because I'm very fragile. Yeah, and my pregnancy hormones will probably make me cry at any criticism right now. <laughs> I'm not pregnant, but I just have high hormones. Let's so not. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening. Um, and remember, don't be an alpha hole. Okay, okay bye. bye.